Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, Dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. So I have a great show for you today with another podcaster. So I love recording with another podcaster because I think that the quality of answers you get, they're just so juicy and robust and they just kind of know what to do while interviewing. So, of course, today's guest is none other than Kenzie Elizabeth, who is the podcaster behind I Love You So Much. She's a YouTuber. She's a content creator and just a very, very cool chick. So interesting thing about Kenzie is that she got into content creation really early on. She launched her YouTube channel, I believe when she was 16, based on what she said, if I remember correctly. And, you know, she's grown her channel very successfully. She's one of, she was one of the OG YouTubers. And so, you know, we get into all things content creation, how she had success with the platform, her tips and tricks around YouTube, and then you know, we talk all about podcasting as well. I think it's really smart when content creators really niche down into a topic that their community resonates with. And I think Kenzie very successfully identified that. So she really hones in on your 20s, surviving your 20s, thriving in your 20s. And so we talk a lot about that as well. And Kenzie interestingly enough, is also a big avid reader. So we go into all of that as well. So I really liked speaking to her because I feel like I was speaking to myself when I was in my 20s. It was a really, really great conversation. And I think you guys will take a lot away from it. Before we dive into the episode, let's talk about this week's hot tip. And it is actually not the sexiest, but I feel like we should be talking about it. Guys, it's taking care of our teeth and going to the dentist, okay? I feel like this is so neglected. You know, we're going in for our facials and our, you know, physiotherapy appointments and all of these other things, but no one talks about going to the dentist. And you know what? I am guilty, okay? I hadn't gotten my teeth cleaned in like over a year. And um, I recently went to the dentist and 
I have to call out the office specifically or like the clinic that I go to, which is APA Aesthetics in Beverly Hills in LA. Guys, this office was like out of control. Everything was so customized. There were so many amenities and I just felt really taken care of. It was like, I don't know, I was going in for a facial, but I was actually going in to get my teeth cleaned. So, you know, I feel like we all need to find a dentist's office that we really, really like going to and get our teeth under control. Um, I highly recommend APA Aesthetics if you are in the LA region. They had this like menu before you go in, which, you know, you can pick what you want as part of your experience. They offer you blankets, a neck pillow, Vitruvi diffuser with essential oils. Like it's, it's like out of control. I'm telling you. So if you are in LA, go see them. But if not, go get your teeth cleaned. I'm telling you. All right. And then let's talk about this week's review. It comes to us from S-R-S-W-N-N and it says such a soulful show Sif has her pulse on what listeners are leaning towards I always discover people I'd never heard of and the information is always useful and more often than not life-changing oh I love this show this is such a nice review um and you guys you know I've said this before but if you do want to support the show and you feel like it's brought you value the easiest way to do so is by opening up the podcast app, like the Apple podcast app, scrolling down to the bottom and leaving a review and rating the show. If you feel like I've deserved a five-star review, please leave me a five-star review and tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you hate about the show. (laughs) Um, Tell me who your dream guests are, what topics of conversations you're really interested in. The more feedback you give me, the better it is. And, you know, the better I can be as a host. And, you know, that can be constructive criticism as well. I think a couple of weeks ago, I read out a review, which was actually like amazing constructive criticism. It was on how I say like too much. And, you know, it was said in obviously like a very loving way. It wasn't some weird troll. And I actually really appreciate things like that as well. So whatever your thoughts are on the show, please leave it in the review section. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it only takes a couple of minutes, but it goes a long way. So with that, let's welcome Kenzie Elizabeth to the Dream Bigger podcast. So you are very famous on YouTube. Not, I wouldn't say very famous, but thank you. But you are, you are actually, it was so funny. Before I came to this interview, I was speaking to one of my team members. She's working at our place and she's like, oh, who are you interviewing today? And I was like, I'm do you know Kenzie Elizabeth she's like yeah I follow her so definitely very famous she's not like in the world that we're in so yeah give yourself a little bit of credit thank you okay (laughs) thank you now my ego is like through the roof you know so how did you start YouTube because you are very young yeah so I'm currently 24 I started YouTube when it was my first video it's like my 16th birthday vlog so uh, I don't know I'd watched videos for so long and like my first video on YouTube that I ever watched was like Dulce Candy 87, I think. And she was doing like a rainbow eye makeup tutorial. Like why that was what drew me in, I don't know. But my friend had been trying to get me to start watching videos for probably like a year. And this is the friend who can like convert anyone to anything. Like mm-hmm. she made everyone obsessed with Justin Bieber growing up. She can find the most random like style of something and make everyone love it, even if you hated it a week before. Yeah. So it was bound to happen. And then we just got really hooked. Like all of middle school, we would leave school. We'd walk home. We would go to my house. We'd get Starbucks. We'd go to my house and watch YouTube videos. And we would like walk to a drugstore and get like the SE nail polishes and stuff they were talking about. So I'd, that is what like planted the seed. And I'd really wanted to. I love the community of YouTube. And 
finally after a few years of like thinking about it and then being worried like what people would think and I had this revelation of like I don't really care what people think so I don't know why I'm using that as an excuse and then I just like started making videos and posting them and that's kind of how it started two things first at that age how were you so confident because I feel like I speak to so many younger women who are like oh, but like, what are people going to think? And it's like, it's a real thing. And especially I think when you're younger, like you, you tend to worry about it so much. So like, were you always so confident? I think, yes, but I think a lot of it has to do with, I have like the best dad in the world. And from a very young age, he told me I could basically do anything. So I just kind of believed it. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, I, I was always kind of, I would say like a lot more independent for my age, but also obviously like I had, insecurities like any normal person I wasn't like super confident about everything also I do think I ended up moving to LA like I ended up moving out when I was 17 and graduating high school early and starting college early and there's something about being younger that actually helps you in a way because you're really naive yeah so in the aspect of like moving across the country I think being younger actually helped me a lot and it would have been scarier to do it when I was older but yeah I don't know it was just I think largely had to do with my dad but also I was just I was really stubborn I was like I'm gonna just do what I want to do and when you started YouTube did you take off right away like what was that like so I've always been slow and steady on uh -huh. pretty much every single platform such good advice everyone needs to just like underline <laughs> yes and it was something that I think I didn't really love when I was younger like I would have loved to blow up and hit a million subscribers when I was 18 but I'm actually really glad that didn't happen. And slow and steady wins the race. Not to say that there aren't people who blow up and like do well. Like Tana Mojo is a really good example of someone who like blew up and like stayed there. But a lot of the time, the faster you rise, the faster you fall. And it allowed me to like deal with things. Like it was one thing to deal with, you know, two, like 20 hate comments versus 200 versus 2000. It gave me like like a ladder it, it was like a ladder and it gave me enough time to kind of like get my bearings almost be like okay I can do this and not everything was thrown at me at once I did have some videos that would pop off like my routine videos have pretty much always done the best so I had a few videos that were getting like a million views but other than that it was really just like slow and steady it was never there was never a time where it was like oh, I went from like zero to a hundred thousand in like a week what is some tea about YouTube that people don't know like give us an insider look do you mean like more on the business back end or more of a like drama? Let's do both. Okay, business back end, people are making obviously millions of dollars. I think people don't realize that. And you don't have to have a million subscribers to be making a lot of money. For so long, I think everyone just assumed that it was only people with like millions of subscribers who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's not true. And then drama wise, there's definitely some groups that I think, I don't know. There were times and it's still happening in social media where people have like very strong friend groups that are a lot, you know, they're like making content together, making mm -hmm. videos together. And it makes sense. But some of them are just like not as close as you'd think in real life. Interesting. OK, yeah. so if someone is starting out on YouTube today, first, do you think it's too late? I don't think it's ever too late and I don't I'm very bombastic in the way of like I don't believe in the excuse of like it's oversaturated. I don't think it's ever too late. Also, I have a friend, Bria Jones, who is incredible, an incredible follow. Very cool girl, but she recently has blown up on YouTube from YouTube Shorts. So it's like they're adding new things. I do think it's hard to grow on YouTube, but there's things like YouTube Shorts too. I don't think anything is ever too late. And what are some tips you can give to someone who's maybe wanting to start YouTube now for like success? 
you have to be consistent. If you are just posting one video a month, that's not going to do anything. Uh-huh. So being consistent is like the number one thing. And also understanding that like most of the time it doesn't happen overnight. I think especially with TikTok, you see all these people who really did blow up in a year or even just like a month or sometimes a day. And that isn't, that is like the 0.0001%. It's not the reality. So especially with YouTube, mm-hmm. it's something that you just have to be, you have to kind of be disciplined and stay consistent. This episode is brought to you by Waterdrop, the new go-to hydration brand. Most of you already know this, but I'm from Toronto and not to brag, but the tap water there is really good. Like it tastes good. And I believe if I'm not wrong, we are like known as one of the places in the world to have the best quality tap water. So coming to LA from Toronto has been a bit of a transition for me because the tap water has this taste to it, which I'm not going to say it's bad, but it isn't like what we get in Toronto. And even if you filter it out, there's still like a weird taste. Okay. So for a while, I thought it was just me. But then I spoke to friends from Toronto and New York who are in L.A. and they all felt the same way. So I feel like because of this like weird tap water situation, my water consumption went down and I was really, really excited to discover Waterdrop. So Waterdrop has created these small and convenient effervescent cubes that add flavor and vitamins to your water. They're like these tiny little cubes. You can just stick it into your purse with your water bottle and off you go. They have a ton of flavors. They have, you know, berry and fruity to citrusy and herbal. My personal favorite is the sky flavor. It tastes like passion fruit, pink berry and cactus fruit. Fun fact, passion fruit is one of my favorite fruits, so I will have anything with passion fruit flavoring in it. It's so good. I put the sky flavor into some ice cold water and it is so, so good. Waterdrop is really committed to sustainability. The brand was started to encourage hydration, but without creating another bottled or canned product. Their micro drinks use 90% less plastic than plastic bottles and are completely recyclable. To reduce single-use plastic bottles, they also offer other glass and steel bottles in a ton of different designs. Head to the Waterdrop website and use the code DREAMBIGGER for a special 15% discount. Browse their collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, carafes, glasses, and more. Enjoy! How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. How is YouTube different today than it was before? I feel like... It's more, I don't know, in certain ways, people understand that it's like a business. Yeah. But in the very, very OG days when like no one had any idea that we were going to make money and we had no idea what was coming. And this was even before my age. This would have been like probably the wave of people who were like three years older than me. It was like a little more wholesome, I think. Like people were just doing it for fun. But I do think that a lot of us have like largely returned to that. And a lot of the videos are the same. But there is a different, I'm just not in that world of YouTube that's like super clickbaity and whatever, which is totally fine. It's just like not my vibe of a video. I think it maybe was just like more wholesome back in the day. I, I mean, I also feel like you have a 
love what you do at the end of the day if you yeah. want that longevity, you know? And like you're saying, like, you know, slow and steady, you can only be slow and steady when it's something you love, you know? Not when it's like, oh, I'm like expecting to get really successful. And then like three months later, shit, it doesn't happen. I'm just going to give up. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is what happens most of the time. Yeah. You, I mean, I think you have to just be at it. And it's like, it's like an art form. Especially with something like YouTube. I really, my friends and I say this all the time, like, unless you love it, I wouldn't recommend it because it is a lot more work than people are willing to say it is. And you have to have like thick skin because there's a lot of people, we were not created to receive thousands of opinions about what we're doing, what we're wearing, who we're with every single day. So it's a very unique job, but I don't think it's worth it if it's not something you love. In mm -hmm. long term, you're just not gonna stick with it and you're not gonna blow up overnight for the most part. Yeah, yeah, really good tips. So you are all about navigating your 20s. And so I wanna talk career in your 20s. What are some things you've learned that are super valuable that you can pass on to our listeners? Something I always say, and I, because it was something I struggled with, was it's okay to change your mind. And that tip. it's also okay to like really not know what you want to do. When I turned 23, I had, and I'm, this is, I'm almost 25. So almost two years ago, I had this really big identity crisis and everything about my life was shifting and changing. And I was not really, I thought I really wanted to go down this road. I did it and everything about my life changed. And I had a really hard time letting go of the idea of what I thought I wanted my life to look like versus what it was actually looking like, even though what it actually was starting to look like was making me a lot happier. Mm -hmm. So that was really difficult for me. And then also just be open. Like it is okay to change your mind, be open. It's okay to not even know what you want to do. There's so many things I'm sure I'm going to do business wise that I wouldn't even have any interest in at this point in my life. Like twenties, you're so young. Even like I, my favorite thing to see on like Hank's Good News on Instagram or any of those like positive meme accounts is when a 60 year old decides she wants to be a doctor and goes back to school. I think that's so cool. We just like put a lot of pressure on ourselves in our 20s to like ha quote have it all figured out when like no one has it figured out. Also, I think it's just such a like, I think it's like marketed in a way that yes. isn't necessarily true. I remember in my early 20s, when I was graduating college, I was like, okay, I think I want to go to chef school. And then while I was in college, I did like, I was like a line chef at a restaurant. I was like, I hate this. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? What's my plan? And then, you know, after that I did a post-grad and I wanted to go into PR and then I changed my mind. And you know, yeah. it's like all throughout my twenties, I had like four fucking career changes. And I think like, it was just, it's marketed to you in a way that no, no, in your 20s, you have it all figured out. You're a child. No, absolutely. And also, I think it's really cool that you changed it. Like, you changed your mind about your career so many times because that's really scary to do. Super scary. So that's scary. really cool. I, I mean, but it's it's going to happen, you know? And like, mm -hmm. even there's like such evolution that happens. I feel like you almost hit puberty a second, third yeah. time in your 20s, you know? Yep. You're like still really young. I mean... I just turned 30 and I feel like I'm just figuring it out now, you know, where it's like, okay, now I'm working on Array and like, this is really my thing. But it's not that you have it all figured out. And I think you have to be okay with changing your mind. You're so right. Like it, it just, it's, it's just part of life. And you most likely have the least amount of responsibility you'll ever have. Even if you decide to not get married and to not have kids, as you get older, inevitably, like you'll probably add a mortgage. You'll probably, you'll end up being more tied to certain things. 
So it's not that you can't change your mind later and can't change your life. Obviously, you can. You should always be doing that. It's just easier to do it in your 20s. Even if it feels impossible, it's probably easier right now than it would be later on. When you turn 23, like everything changed. And I want to zoom in on that a little bit because I guess it was like a moment where you were like, huh? Yeah. What happened? So it was post-pandemic. I was leaving like a more religious organization that I had been involved with. And that was... I was changing a lot about that part of my life. I was going through a breakup with a very serious boyfriend. There was just so many things about my life. I really thought I really thought I knew what I wanted. And then when certain things were changing and then when I didn't even, I remember like knowing deep down that I wasn't happy and that's not what I wanted, but being way more afraid to like make the change and just for the sake of the change, not for the sake of like losing the person or losing that community or whatever it was. So I was just so honestly terrified of change. And it I think, too, I was grieving. Like, I had lost close family members, too. It was just, it was everything at once. Like, it was when it rains, it pours. Yeah, it really does. You know, like, if one thing would have happened, I don't think it would have been as, like, existential crisis and all this stuff. But, yeah, it was really tough. And it took, like, a few months. Like, I was so confused. I had always had a pretty good relationship with myself. But it was the first time where I was, like, I don't even know who I am. I don't even think I like who I am. Like, I was very confused. I was more insecure than I've ever been. Like, I was just not in a good place. It took, like, months of me. I had to learn a lot of self-compassion, too, and that was something I wasn't good with. And then I was in therapy, which is, like, a main, the, I think the biggest part of it that was helpful. But, yeah, it just, it took a lot. It wasn't, like, one day I was, like, I'm not happy. I don't like where I'm at. And the next day I was, like, okay, I'm happy. I figured it out. Like, it took a long time. Was it therapy that was really the the one like the big main thing that kind of got you to a place where you where you are right now, which is like, I guess, like more happy with where you are and just like a lot wiser from all of this. Yeah, I think therapy was a big one. But also if therapy isn't something that is accessible to someone, I also write a lot. Like I would do morning pages, not even a lot. I would just do morning pages. And that saved my life. It is so helpful. And like so helpful. It's the best thing ever. It really, really is. It was so good. And especially when you're at a time where you're very confused and you feel like you don't know yourself well, there were a lot of emotions that were coming up that I didn't know where they were coming from. And all of this stuff I realized when I was writing and it would, it literally like, it changed my life. Like I actually got to know myself better. I got to start over, like figure out what my values were, what I cared about. It was really helpful. And then also I'm a huge reader and reading helped me so much, even fiction books. Like I read literally all the time, but it's one, it's helpful in the way of it's nice to be able to check out of your own life and get involved in someone else's. But two, I learned a lot about just certain dynamics and like nonfiction books that were helpful. The Defining Decade, that's a controversial one. I liked it because I read it when I was 23, so it didn't feel a lot of pressure. Who's that by? Is it by the female author? Yeah, I forget. Did she do the TED Talk as well? I think so. Okay, that book changed my life. Identity Capital. Yes, That's yes, 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 yes. Oh, changed my life. It, and Identity Capital was so helpful when like almost like becoming who I am. It was the most helpful tip ever. It's it's a great book actually, like just speaking of. Honestly, like I I heard the author do a TED Talk. I'm pretty sure it's this woman, like the, like 100% sure. So I, I heard her TED Talk and this was when I was 22. And I read her book when I was 23 as well. And I was like, oh, my God, like, can't just let this go to waste. <laughs> this is an important it's, time. <laughs> it was so helpful. Some people really don't like it because they feel like it puts a lot of pressure on you. 
I didn't really feel that way personally. I didn't feel that way at all. Yeah, I would recommend the book, honestly. And like, take everything with a grain of salt, you know? But there were certain things like Identity Capital, if you guys haven't read the book, basically it's, I don't even know the actual definition, but the idea of it is like you find your certain interests and certain things that you like and each piece of those like adds to your identity capital. And as you are like, if you think about when you're getting to know someone and then you get to know them and you get to know their interests, and you get to know like certain facts about them. It's kind of like getting to know yourself, but with identity capital. And it also it kind of like pushed me to try out different things or like dive deeper into different interests that I had that I don't think I would have had I not read the book. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great tip. And like, I think that definitely like, yeah, reading helped me in my 20s. So much. I mean, it still does. I'm a huge reader also, for sure. So, helpful. Like, so, so helpful. And I, yeah, like I loved morning pages. Like I found it again, also in my 20s and like early 20s. And it shifted everything for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just got me really interested in journaling. And now journaling is like one of my pillars of my morning routine and my life it like helps me collect my thoughts and really show up as the best version of myself it's so helpful it is the most helpful thing ever and it's free so exactly it's a free resource everyone can do it so I want to talk about friendship in your 20s you moved from you moved from LA to Dallas I know you grew up there but like did you make like new friends like what was that whole situation like doing that move So I made new friends, but I also reconnected with a lot of old friends Mm -hmm. and then also made new friends through them. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's a combination. Most people that I like spend the most time with, though, we're all from the same hometown, I will say. However, we weren't all best friends growing up. Like some of us were. It's kind of just like morphed together. Like one of my best friends, we really only technically we've met when we were younger, but we only became like really close friends last year. And now she's, like, one of my best friends will be at my wedding kind of thing. Like, we're just, like, very, very close. So it was a combination of both of them. And then I've also made a lot of friends through other friends. So some through social media that I just met, like, just through the, like, job, what we do. And then, like, old friends and then meeting people through them. Fair. Let's talk community. You have done the most phenomenal job building community. Thank you. I mean, you've had practice. You've been doing it since you were 16. But... What are some tangible tips you can share for our audience? So the thing that has helped me the most as far as building community has been the app Geneva because it's it's an app. It's an app. So Geneva, essentially, you have your home. So there's like the Kinsey Elizabeth home. And then in the home, there's all these different rooms. So a room would be the Dallas room. There's an L.A. room. There's one for a ton of different cities. There's one for books. It just depends on like what you're interested in. And that has helped me so much because there's like thousands of girls in there. And I meet girls out and about all the time. Like honestly, probably once a day in Dallas or whenever I like leave my house that met through the Geneva app. And now they like found their best friends. So it's been cool because like on top of building a community, I've been able to like build communities for them, especially in like new cities where people are moving post-grad and they don't have any friends. So Geneva has been like the most helpful thing ever. I really should like actually be working for them at this point, but I didn't mouth that I talk about them. Wait, so it's just an app and then like you have groups in there? So it's, let me show you. It's, it is an app, but imagine it, like I describe it, which is not the verbiage I'm sure they want me to use, but I describe it as like a very large group chat. So like on here, it's the Kenzie Elizabeth room. And then through there, there's different or home, sorry. And then there's different rooms. So a lot of them are city based. Oh. Um, and then people are just like in it talking all day. 
So it's really cool. So and that was really helpful. Before that, I did a Facebook group. So how did you get nice. your community to join the da- the the Dallas app, the uh, Geneva app? I just talk about it on socials or like on YouTube or huh. TikTok or whatever. It's really helpful. And then people just join it. Mm-hmm. And then you're always talking to them. Mm-hmm. That or, is and so they talk smart. to each other. They're like, I think I'm in it a lot, but I want the community to be something that like last without it goes beyond me like I, I love don't that. you know what I mean like I can't also be in there all the time but like who cares when I'm talking like when you guys make friends mm-hmm. too and so it's been really it's been like the coolest thing ever before that I had Facebook groups I've just always done whatever I could that would make sense and like Facebook groups are just they I loved it when it happened but then they started to be really negative and then it just kind of it, the infrastructure isn't amazing and Geneva was like so helpful and it's the best wow yeah Okay, I, I, I want to make one for Ray. It's awesome. You definitely should. Holy crap. You absolutely should. Oh my God. Okay, this is this is life-changing. Okay. It's also really good. It Basically, it's like more of a social slack, but it's actually really good too for like even workplace stuff. Like it's really awesome. Okay, I'm definitely going to download it because we're really big on community as well. Mm-hmm. And like- I mean, oh, you would love it. Huge yeah. for us. Like we go, we host like dinners for our girls in our community, like our customers. We love to meet them and then they all leave and they're friends when they leave. So like, yeah. I want to start something like this. Oh, it's you so would cool. love it. It's the best. It's the best thing. I've, I literally have nothing that I would even improve on the app. It's so helpful. It's really cool. You can do like live chat things, like kind of like Club Room. What? That's so it's cool. It's really cool. Oh my God. Throw back to Club Room. Miss those days. Wow. That's super, super cool. So- or Clubhouse, sorry, whatever. When did you start your podcast? And like, what drove you to start a podcast? So my, do you know, I'm assuming you know who my let is? Yes, of okay, course. Okay, so my dad, like if I was going to describe my dad as someone, like he's very similar to Ed Milet, very like, he's always been in like the personal development world is always, I don't know, I've got that from him. I also at the time was like in an internship and I felt like I was in rooms with like really cool people who I was learning a lot about. And I was like, I wish that like my followers were in these rooms too. That was the original idea. I started my podcast would have been fall of 2018. So I'm like OG Dear Media. And yeah, that was kind of the idea. I was in college at the time. I'd wanted to start a podcast for so long. I listened to like season one of Girl Boss Radio like way back in the day. And so I really wanted to do it. It took me like another two years. And then I finally started with Dear Media. And what is it like building a podcast in a community? Because again, it's like one of those things that I think it's like slow and steady and consistent. So like, what are your tips there for anyone who's like thinking about it? It's definitely very difficult, but it's not like impossible, Mm -hmm. you know? So don't, I say that because I feel like I remember when I first was with Dear Media and I was the first show that Dear Media developed. So I would listen to I always will listen to whatever they said, but like anything Michael said, I was like person Bible, you know, like works out really well for me. But I remember him always saying like, you know, there's going to be there's so many shows that come in and they do a couple episodes. They do a year and they're like, you know what, this isn't really doing what I wanted it to do. And they quit. And basically, you just have to beat that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you have to have a good show. Obviously, you have to put in the time and effort. But, like, I'm assuming people who are starting or, like, you're going to do that. A lot of it is almost like a waiting game in a way of you just have to. I don't mean waiting, like, sitting back. I mean waiting, like, you have to stay consistent. And it was really year my third year, which I'm in now, that has my podcast, like, really taken off and had, like, a lot more, like, exponential growth. And things that help with growth, like swaps are like the number one thing that I think that helps with growth. And then video helps a ton. What do you think resonates with people 
like when it comes to your podcast, like, like, what do you think it is that people like love about the podcast? And like, how can someone find their unique voice? Because and I asked this because I, I think you have a really unique voice when it comes to your podcast. Thank you. It was a lot of trial and error and me just kind of like getting on a mic. I think it's hard too when you're young and you don't really know who you are. So I was like, I don't like I have a strong personality. I know I can do this. Like I was I was literally born for the camera. I'm like, I can do it. But like I used to get really intimidated, I think, almost by that question because I was like, I don't really know what my unique voice is. And it kind of just happened naturally. Like, I think obviously it's just like personality, but I think more specifically, like when I I had one episode where I talked strictly with someone in my real life that I was just the Hastings that I was going to about my 20s. And I was like, I'm so confused. Like she was really the person that like really helped me at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. So I was asked her, I was like, do you want to do like an episode? Because I feel like this is really helpful. Having no idea that it would be the one that like people, I get DMs about it daily still. And that was over a year ago. And so when I realized that and I really listened to what the listeners were like getting the most out of and kind of leaned more into navigating your 20s, that really, really helped. And I think that's kind of how I've, I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question, but I think that like that's kind of where my voice has come in. No, I think like niching down is definitely like Mm -hmm. a smart piece of advice I think for any social media platform like whether it's podcast or like you know Instagram or whatever it is in this day and age I think like niching down and figuring out like what are people really curious about yes and what can you bring to them that's like special and unique that no one else is really doing I think that that's kind of the recipe for success and you don't have to like niche down super into the way it's like target finds or amazon yeah, finds no. or whatever but when you like when I was like oh this is what the listeners are listening for then I can go into like when you come on my show I want to talk about like making routines and things it's something we're both very passionate about yes so like you that's it's it is niche, but it's like also like such a wide umbrella of things that you can do. And yeah, it was just when I figured that out, I feel like is when the show, it really helped the show. I love that. So speaking of routines, let's talk about yours. What are some things that you're really into for a morning and nighttime routine? So my morning routine, I've actually become even more into my night routine in the past like two years, but oh, I'm getting back okay. in. I'm, I'm very routine either way. Same. My morning routine the one that I am recently starting back up again, and this is my favorite. I'll wake up around 5.30. I also go to bed really early. And then I'll go to Hot Pilates, which is my favorite workout, and it has been for years. And then after that, I'll go walk three miles typically. In Dallas, there's like trails and stuff in like my neighborhood, whatever. So I'll go do that. Then I'll grab a coffee and I'll go home and I'll shower, I ice roll, and then I'll like journal typically or like read a nonfiction book in the morning as I'm like, you know, eating my breakfast, drinking my coffee or whatever for the rest of the day. And then I'll get ready at night, which I found that like my nighttime routine, I didn't really have a very strong nighttime routine. I just have like a skincare routine in college because I was just so busy. But in the pandemic, this really changed and it was amazing. I love like I'll especially when you work from home it's really hard like I'm sure all of us know this at this point that it's very hard to shut off so I'll finally end work probably around like six ish then I like set a vibe in my house like I have candles going I'll play like Texas country or jazz music oh my god I love that it's so nice and then I think I'm a chef I literally think I'm Martha Stewart so then I will cook And that's probably like another hour, but it's so relaxing because what I found, I struggle pretty bad with anxiety and not being able to like stop working. So when I have like hobbies where my hands are busy, I can't get on my phone. I can't get on my computer. So it's really helpful. 
So I'll cook. Sometimes I go on a walk with my dogs, depending on like how hot it is in Texas. And then I'll go up to my room. I have a Kindle I read literally all the time. So I have like my red lights that I'll put on. I have a hatch alarm clock with like the nighttime routine. Sometimes I'll do like a long like bubble bath. Like I just really, really relax. But since my nighttime routine is so relaxing, it helps me in every area of my life. Like when I was just like laying around on my phone, like, oh, I'm done working. And like just on my phone scrolling until I can need to go to bed. I was just so miserable. And now that I have this routine, I feel better. Do you put your phone away when you're... So I I am not like a saint. I don't sleep with it outside of my bedroom. Like I would yeah. love to be like that. But I let's typically like if it's up to me, I'm in bed by like 730 or 8 to read. Uh-huh. And I'll read for a few hours every single night. That's the most I'm very disciplined. But the one non-negotiable I have in my life, like I read every single night before bed. I will come home from the bars at two in the morning. It's three and I'm like still not sober and I am reading. Like it is crazy. I just can't. I have to. Like I can barely see the text sometimes, but like I'm still doing it. So yeah. So I, when I'm in bed, I also always wear a matching pajama set Mm -hmm. like every single night. I I really love that. that. But I'll put my phone down when I start reading, which is typically between like 7.30 to 8.30 and I don't pick it up until the next morning. Okay. But I I like put it down face down. So I don't, it doesn't. Yeah. That's the only way I have to put mine on do not disturb. Otherwise, if it like lights up, I'm like. Mine is permanently on do not disturb, which is not the best quality of me, but yes. Okay. So I just ordered a Kindle. Oh my God, for Prime Day? Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. Okay, so- Are you scared? I am. Like, I I read a ton, but it's like paper books and I listen on Audible, but mm-hmm. I've never gotten a Kindle. Okay, so listen, like, I'm a little bit of a Kindle evangelist. Okay, and I'm so tell you, me about, like- You just made me. the best decision of okay. your whole entire life. <laughs> and I have bought, I went to buy my mom a Kindle last week and it was like, you have purchased this 17 times. I have bought them as a gift or forgive always 17 times. Best, (laughs) literally crazy. But the thing about me, I paper feel, I get it. But like, you'll get tired of it. Also, listen up. When you're laying in bed and you like want to lay down and get comfortable with a book, you're not getting that comfortable. It gets annoying. And then (laughs) eventually you have to like get up, turn the lights off and do that. Like that's annoying. When you have your Kindle, all the lights can be off. The vibe is so much better. You can lay any which way because it's just one like whatever yeah one like paper basically it's so much easier I read so much more on my kindle and I've been a reader my entire life like I grew up on Junie B. Jones and Nancy Drew and like my personality is like somewhere in a cross between that but you I read 103 books last year because of my kindle and I would never read that much if I had 103 yes because I don't really watch tv but it's all my kindle and you can bring it with you anywhere you go it will change your life. So that's it's that's why I got the Kindle because I find it like really annoying to carry books when I'm traveling yes. because I'll obviously get through one and then I'm like, well, I don't have another. So I guess I'm not reading anymore. And so that's why. That's it's what converted so me. Okay. And eventually, like I was reading too much. I'm like, where I have a two bedroom house and like a two car garage. But, like, where are these books going to go? Like, it's not huge, you know? Yeah. But over time, you'll get used to it. I don't, most people who go to a Kindle are like, yeah, I didn't care about the physical. You'll, you'll lose the like, oh, what I want the physical book feeling. I also went in and out like I had a nook when I was younger. Yeah. Throwback. Those still exist. I actually looked it up the other day. But yeah, it's just Kindle. Okay. Okay. You read so much more and you can highlight it. So if you ever. You can. You can highlight and you can put it on your notes. I have it on me right now. So if you have, let's say you have like Am I Let On in his recent book. When you're outlining for your show, you can highlight what you're reading and then you can hit highlights and it pulls up all of your highlights on the same thing. Are you joking? It's so helpful as a host. Holy it's incredible. Cra- okay, I'm very, You can also very, take notes. 
very excited. You've, I mean, I bought it already, but now I'm convinced that it's the best thing ever. Oh, I'm so excited for you. This is going to be a really great journey. Okay. So the last thing I want to, before we get into the rapid fire, I want to talk about balance because, you know, you're this girl who is Martha Stewart, you know, reads like a crazy person, you know, it's like has a whole morning routine, but you like to go out at night. And I love that you show that on your Instagram too. How do you strike that balance? So I'm like a little bit of an extreme person. So I think that like if I like something, I really like something. If I like reading, I read over 100 books in a year. Like I'm very, if I like hot Pilates, I'm going at 6 a.m. Like I'm very extreme in certain ways. And when I was in college and I was in an internship, we like weren't allowed to drink very weird college. And I think the only reason I did it, if I'm being honest with you, was not necessarily because I was like respecting their wishes. It was more so I was just so busy. I had like no room to breathe. Mm-hmm. But because I like my schedule was I was up at five, I was out the door and then I didn't get home until like 10 basically mm-hmm. for like two years. So it was just like kind of miserable at the end of the day. And I realized like I'm not happy operating in an extreme. Like I should also enjoy my life. And like at the end of that, I looked back and I was like, okay, I feel like I didn't waste two years. And I'm not, I don't regret it because it's like, obviously I'm here now. It worked out. But I was like, I need to figure out a way in between. And I like a lot of different things. And it doesn't mean they have to like conflict. Like, I think if people are super into health and wellness, you feel like you can't go have a drink or you can't go out. And like, but see, like, I, th- that's what I disagree with. Because, I you know, agree. like, I think that, and I, I was like that for a very long time, by the way. I was the person who, for like years, sacrificed on any sort of social life. Like, I had no social life because I would be that person who would have to be out of the house by 6 a.m. for spin class. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I think it gets unhealthy when it starts impeding on your ability to have relationships or a life beyond that. And like, I really do believe like now being the founder of a wellness brand that like, yes, like I'm obsessed with health and wellness, but like all those fun things that you do with your friends, whether that's going out at night or like, you know, having pizza or whatever it is, like that's good for the soul. You know what I mean? It's like necessary. And I got to the point where I was like so extreme in the way of like, being healthy and taking care of myself and like being the best that I can be and like developing a career and all that stuff that I at the end of it was like okay I have like nothing to show for it besides like I have like no I mean I had things to show for it, but like I didn't have like the friendships that yeah. I wanted yeah I, I'm with you and I was very unfulfilled and I have also I think part of me like coming to know myself and, like my identity crisis was realizing that like I'm I'm actually introverted but I'm such a people person yeah. and I my relationships mean the most to me mm-hmm. I would rather lose my entire career than not have meaningful relationships like and I'm very career oriented I just I'm not happy if I don't have those relationships and also I'm like I was 23 24 I'm like I'm gonna go out like and I'm out all the time like I don't hide that at all but I will say like Monday through Wednesday I normally practically speaking I normally I need time to recharge I'm by myself I really don't see anyone I do my routine strictly both morning and night and then I'm just there I'm working and I'm happy and that's the time I need to recharge and then the rest of the week like Thursday Friday I'm still doing my routines but like I'll go out and then the weekends I'm out with my friends and I'll go do certain things like I definitely loosen up but sometimes it's nice because I'm actually introverted but I'm very social I like need that time to recharge so I do find that Like, I don't necessarily believe, like, balance always exists. I think that, like, you just have different priorities at different times. Yeah. But, like, the schedule that I have going for me is actually working really well to be able to do all of it. And I'm not super hard on myself if, like, I can't make something. Like, it's going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. I think just that 
like just the ability to like be okay and like realize that not every week is going to look the same. Not every Mm -hmm. day is going to look the same. It's not always going to be perfect and nothing's going to happen. And I wouldn't be happy if I was only doing one or the other. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be happy if I was only going out all the time and not switch it up. Like I feel like for myself, like at least that's how I thrive where like I can't just be doing the same thing forevermore. It's like I need I need the polarity, you know, like I, I want to be able to go out and have a good time with my friends and like. Then go back to like working like a crazy person, you know, so I feel like it just both of those things fuel me in two different ways. I agree. And I couldn't I couldn't just do one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, so let's do a quick rapid fire before we leave. So first question, what is one book that changed your life? I would say The Defining Decade. I know I already gave that answer, but honestly, I would say The Defining Decade. And also, I know this is rapid fire, but like, side note, I used to feel like I could, and I've read a ton of nonfiction. I still do. I still love it. I used to think that I was wasting any time reading fiction books because like, I'm not growing in quotes. Like, I I thought everything I had to do was being productive. Mm -hmm. So starting to read fiction novels changed my life in way more ways than a nonfiction book ever has. And it's helped me a lot more mentally, I think, over time. So I would say also making the switch back to fiction. In what way? Like, how do you It helps me a lot with my anxiety because I'm able to, like— Tune out. Tune out. And also, I actually was talking to, like, Jordan and the Balanced Bond yesterday. And we were just talking about how, like, she's a big fiction reader, too, for the same reasons. And she was saying—and she's like, and I've always thought this, but I didn't know how to articulate it— And she was saying that she felt like she's learned more through fiction just from different dynamics and different upbringings and different areas and settings. And I was like, I actually agree with that. Like, I feel like I'm almost a more well-rounded person because of the fiction books that I read versus nonfiction. Again, I still love nonfiction. But yeah, I used to like have a really weird complex with reading because I thought I, I, I was reading nonfiction all the time. And everything I had, it was like hustle culture. Like every single thing that I did had to be quote unquote productive. So Yeah, I... I love that tip. And personally for me, I only read fiction at night. Yeah, me too. Like I have to read fiction at night. I can't read like- Same. Like really like nonfiction. I I don't care for that at night. It's like how I tune out. I like, you know, stop the day and like that's how I'm like drifting, you know? But I love nonfiction in the morning. Exactly. I'm only nonfiction morning and fiction at night. Same. I'm the the, exact same. Yeah. Okay. What is a habit that's non-negotiable for you? It's so annoying when it's reading every night. Also to like give you another one. Hot Pilates. Like, I just love my workouts. Love that. Last question. What is your current big dream? Current big dream? I, like, definitely want to write a book one day. I'm, like, I've tried to think of something I'm not working on at all. I do want to write a book. And I've always, I don't know, I want to write a book. Okay, that's that's a good big dream. Yeah. Tell everyone where they can find you. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's Kenzie Elizabeth. TikTok is Kenzie the Texan. And then my podcast is I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth. Amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people, learn and unlearn, and have a lot of fun. See you next week.